Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Hey, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to take a second, welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today. And if it's your first time joining us, I want to ask you to do me a favor today and fill out our Connect card. Uh, There's a few ways you can do that. You can scan the code on the screen behind me or text us, or if you received a paper bulletin on your way and you can fill out that card and tear it out and drop it in the plates as you leave today. We just want to get some information from you and serve you the best way that we can. But man, glad you're here today. Uh, For the third week of this series that we're wrapping up today uh, called The World is Watching. And for the last two weeks, we've been talking about the work that God wants to do through our lives. Um, We talked about demonstrating our faith and how we begin that work. And then uh, we talked last week more about that and how we uh, can begin to share and and live our lives in such a way that people are are seeing our faith and that God is impacting their lives through it. Uh, And the reality that we've been making a point to proclaim throughout this series is that God doesn't just want to work in your life. He wants to work through your life. Uh, And he doesn't want the story that he's writing with your life to end with you. He wants it to impact the people around you as well, because there are people who need to hear the story of what God has done in your life. And I believe that that's how we really begin to make a difference in the world around us. It happens as we begin to allow God to work through our lives. And today we're going to wrap this up, and I want to talk for just a few minutes about what it means to be led by God. Um, As we read scripture, we find that God often carries out his plans through people. That's something that we've been talking about through this series. And uh, the point that I hope to make to you today is that God wants to carry out his plans through you and me as well. And it's so incredibly important that we understand what this looks like, because I think we sometimes have this mentality that God just sends us out to go do things, and then after he sends us or after he calls us, we're pretty much on our own. It's pretty much up to us from that point forward. And I think that scares us, and that's something that we all feel, but that's not what we see in Scripture at all. What we see in Scripture is this continuous work that God wants to do through your life, where he wants to lead you and guide you and direct you and empower you. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn me to Acts chapter 8. We're going to pick up there in just a second. But in Acts chapter 8, there's a story that very clearly explains this idea of God leading us and guiding us and working through our lives. Uh, And it's a story that I briefly mentioned last fall. And ever since I mentioned it, I've been wanting to come back to it. So that's where we're going to be today. But in Acts chapter 8, we see a story of God using a guy named Philip to reach this very important Ethiopian eunuch. And in this story, we're going to find that God's guidance is so incredibly clear, uh, and I hope that we'll find that this story teaches us that God uses people to make a difference. But for the last few weeks, we've primarily been talking about our responsibility when it comes to demonstrating our faith and sharing our story and changing the world around us. And today, I want us to shift our focus a little bit and talk about God's role in leading us and guiding us and directing us to the places and the people that he wants us to reach. And here's why this is so important, all right? It's important because your impact is exponentially greater when God is in control. And that's what we're gonna see in this story today. Let's take a look. Acts chapter eight, we're gonna start reading in verse 26. It says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, and this is what he said. 
get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. It says, this is the desert road. Verse 27, so he got up and went. And I love Philip's immediate obedience, right? God tells Philip, hey, get up, go south to the desert road. And the Bible tells us that Philip just got up and went. He heard a word from God and he was obedient. Here's where we find out why. He says, there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. This person had come to worship in Jerusalem. So basically, a very influential person had come to visit and worship, and he was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. So he's reading scripture when the Spirit tells Philip, go and join that chariot. Again, it says Philip ran up to it, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch replies, he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. So, so far, God has led Philip to this place, and he meets this powerful, influential person on the road, and I love what happens next. Verse 32, it says, now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And this eunuch says to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Verse 35 says, Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. All right. This is an incredible story. Philip begins to explain to this guy what he's reading. He's reading this prophecy about the Messiah who is to come. He tells him about Jesus. This guy makes a decision to believe in Jesus. And as they continue down the road, they see some water. So they stop the chariot so the man can be baptized right there. This Ethiopian eunuch, he just had a life-altering moment with God. And it happened because Philip was obedient. That's what I want you to see today. It happened because Philip was willing to say, here I am, send me, right? It happened because Philip was willing to say, here I am, use me. And God directed Philip exactly where he wanted him to go and used him to make a difference. And what I want us to feel from this story today is that the same way God led Philip, he wants to lead you as well. The same way that God used Philip, he wants to lead you, use you as well. There are people in your life, people in your community, in your workplace, on your street, across our city, people that God wants to reach and he wants to use us. He wants to lead us, he wants to guide us, he wants to make a difference in the world around us through us. And this is the story that we see all throughout scripture, right? All the way back to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Let's see how far I can go, right? That's not the point. All the way to the end of Revelation. So God's not going to all of a sudden say, well, you know what? It's 2024 and I'm not gonna lead people anymore. He's not gonna say, well, here we are. I'm not gonna use people anymore. No, God has never stopped leading his people. God has never stopped using his people. And in the same way that he led Philip and led people all throughout scripture, he wants to lead you. He wants to use you, okay? This is something we see happening all throughout history as well. When we look back at church history, we see God leading people in the 200s, in the 300s, in the 400s, the 600s, the 800s, all the way to today. 
And I don't know about you, but I can look back at my life and see moments where I 100% believe that God was moving. And those moments are undeniable for me, right? And I might share those moments with somebody and they might say, well, you know what, that's coincidence or, you know, that's intuition or you're just lucky. I would say, no, that's none of those things. That's God moving. And as Christians, being led by God is so incredibly important because again, our ability to make a difference is exponentially greater when God is in control. Being led by God is so incredibly important because our ability to change the world around us is exponentially greater when he is the one leading us, okay? And I say that because God is aware of so much more than we are, right? Think about it this way. There are people in your life who are dealing with some very difficult things, but they put on a really hard exterior so that nobody really knows what's going on. You know those people? But God knows what they're dealing with. And because he knows, he may be able to lead you to encourage them or pray for them or speak to them. He knows what's going on behind every wall that we try to put up. And if we wanna be people who can really make a difference, then we need to follow God's leadership and guidance because he knows what's happening in people's lives. He knows what people are ready to hear the gospel. He knows the the single mom who needs the encouragement, right? He knows the, the students in your class that want you to pray for them. He wants to lead you to these people. I think about Jesus just before he ascended back into heaven, gave his disciples a very important command, a little bit of context for the passage. Jesus is about to go back to heaven, right? He's getting ready to leave his disciples and he lets them know that he's going to send the spirit to move and work through them. So he gives them some final instructions before this happens, before he sends them out to make a difference. Acts chapter one, verse four, the Bible says, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the father's promise, which he said, you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Notice what Jesus is saying to his disciples. He's saying, do not go, right? Until you receive the Spirit. If we skip ahead to verse eight, Jesus lets us know. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But here's what I love so much about Jesus in this passage, okay? His disciples are thinking, okay, time is of the essence here. We've got to get started. We've got to get this show on the road. We've got to start sharing and spreading this gospel. And Jesus says, hold on a minute. Here's the deal. You must not go until the spirit of God is alive in you. He's gonna lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to empower you. And this is so incredibly important that you must not go, Jesus says, until the Holy Spirit has come on you. And at that moment, you're going to receive power and he's gonna work in your life. He's gonna work through your life, but you cannot go without that empowerment. Here's my prayer for us today. We need to be people who are sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And if we can be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we will make a massive impact on the world around us. And it won't be us, it'll be God through us. Because our impact is exponentially greater when we're led by God than it could ever be if we're going on our own, right? And that's why Jesus grabs the disciples together and says, you must not go without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And my heart for you as your pastor is that I want you to experience that fulfillment and that excitement and that joy that comes when you know that God is working through you. 
And I believe that that's possible for each and every one of us if we're following the voice and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives, all right? And like I said, and I'm sure you would agree, there are countless moments of my life where God has moved and worked. And I know that that was God. And I know that he was moving and I know that he was working. And those are some of the most exciting moments of life, aren't they? Right? Those are some of the most fulfilling and joyous and exciting moments because only that level of fulfillment and joy can only come from God. But I think one of the biggest obstacles that keep us from being led by God is that we tend to make following God much more complicated than it was ever intended to be, right? We tend to think that God only uses certain people, right? He only uses the people who have grown up in church their entire lives. He only uses the people that have almost everything together, right? The people that are as close to perfect as they can possibly be, right? And I don't know about you, but I often fall very, very, very short of that. So certainly God wouldn't want to use me, right? Certainly God wouldn't want to use us. Have you ever felt that way before? It's simply not true. But because of that mentality, following God has become far more complicated and far more difficult than I think he ever intended it to be. And it's even become a little bit mysterious, right? It's even become a little bit spooky, a little bit strange. And here's the truth of the matter. Following God is significantly less difficult than you think it is. And here's why. Because he wants to lead you, all right? So I wanna make a few points from this story, the story of Philip today, that I hope will make following God a lot less intimidating for you. And I wanna point out a couple things from this story that I pray will help you. And this is where we say, okay, I need to follow the spirit. I need to follow God's leadership. I need him to lead me. I need to hear his voice. But how do I actually do that? How do I carry this out? Here are a few things that I pray will help. The first one is this, God will lead you to the people he wants you to impact, all right? Notice it doesn't say God might lead you to the people he wants you to impact. It doesn't say God could lead you. It says God will lead you to the people he wants you to impact. I wholeheartedly believe this. We see this all throughout the story of scripture. We see this all throughout the history of the church. God leads people. And in the same way that he's always led people to people, he wants you to lead people as well, all right? Verse 29, the spirit tells Philip, go and join that chariot. It's that simple. God told Philip exactly where he wanted him to go. He said, this person that I want you to impact is riding in that chariot. We see the same thing happen in Acts chapter 10. If we turn the page, the spirit leads Peter to these three men that he wants him to impact. And in Acts chapter 20, the spirit leads Paul to Jerusalem, to the people that he wants him to impact. And in the same way that God continually leads these people in scripture, he wants to lead you as well. Now you might be wondering, well, what does that look like? You know, it's very easy for me to stand up here on this stage and say, God wants to lead you, so go and let him lead you. And then you walk out that door and you wonder, cool, how does God do that, right? What does that actually look like? People often wonder, this is a question that I get asked all the time, is it audible? Am I going to hear the audible voice of God? Let me just tell you, that has never happened to me before. But if it happens to you, my suggestion would be that you get up and do what he tells you to do, all right? Because that must be a pretty big deal if he is audibly speaking to you. But I would argue that 99.9% of the time, you're not going to hear an audible voice from God. Instead, you're going to hear a still small voice. And that's the spirit of God working in your heart. 
through conviction, through compelling. That's how the Spirit leads us, right? I'll kind of give you a funny example of how this played out in my own life. Uh, Before I came to Canyon Creek, I was working in another church in the clean area, and I was really young at the time. You might be thinking, you're really young now. Well, (laughs) this was 10 years ago, 10 years ago. I was a very young, completely inexperienced pastor who had a lot to learn, And about two years into that role and about two years into ministry for me, I was working at a church that was a part of a different denomination and the church was growing. It was a great place to learn and grow as a young pastor. And one day the president of our denomination decided that he was going to retire from his position to focus more on his family and he wanted to get back in in a church role. And part of his announcement uh, that was news to me when I read it was that he was coming to work at our church to be our executive pastor. And you've probably heard me share stories about him before. His name is Mark. And when I read this announcement, I was extremely excited because I knew that I had a lot that I could learn from this guy. If there was a guy to know in that world of church, it was this guy. So his family moved to Morgan's Point, which is where I was living. And we worked in Colleen. And uh, his first day, it was a Monday. And within about an hour at about 9.30 in the morning, I decided that I really did not like him at all, right? We just didn't mix well. It was kind of like oil and water. And I remember that moment being so discouraged by that and being so frustrated by that. This situation that I thought was gonna be really cool for me and really a good growth opportunity for me was turning out to not be as fun as I thought it was gonna be. And that went on for a few weeks. And one day I was praying and I very clearly felt the Holy Spirit leading me to ask Mark if we should start carpooling to work. And I stopped praying when I felt that, that, that God was speaking that to me. I was like, nope, you know, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. But God wouldn't leave me alone about it. And it made sense, right? We both lived in Morgan's Point. We worked 30 minutes away from there. It's a long drive. Gas isn't free. So one day I finally was like, hey, do you want to start riding to work together? And this man was so excited about it. And I still wasn't, like I wasn't even the slightest bit excited about it. The only condition was that I was to drive. And he agreed to that. And so we started riding together. And even for like the first month of that, it was awful for me. It was an hour a day in the car with someone that I just really did not like. But over time, we began to build a relationship. Over time, we began to open up and share things about our lives. And he became one of the best friends and mentors that I've ever had in my entire life. And we worked together for several years and we traveled together to to conferences and, and we worked very closely for a few years before we both left that church. And during that time, he made it his mission to invest in me and raise me up as a young pastor. And he's walked me through some of the most difficult seasons in my adult life. And I still talk to him literally every day, but I say this very honestly. There isn't a person on this planet who's made a bigger impact in who I am as a pastor than that man. And it all started when the Holy Spirit was leading me to say, hey, do you wanna ride together, right? Why don't we build a relationship? Let me just tell you, God knows what he's doing and he wants to lead you. And sometimes, that leading of the spirit results in a work that takes place in your life, which is what happened to me in that situation, right? Other times that leading of the spirit results in a work that takes place in someone else's life. And let me just tell you, either way, it's an amazing thing. Either way, God wants to make an impact, whether he's impacting someone else through you or whether he's leading you to a person who's going to change your life. 
But the way he does that is through a movement of the Holy Spirit where he speaks to us and he leads us and he guides us and we just need to be obedient to him. Listen, God will lead you to the people that he wants you to impact. And I wholeheartedly believe that he brought Mark and his family to Bell County to impact my life because that's exactly what happened, right? So the question that I want you to ask yourself today is not, will God lead me to people he wants me to impact? The question that I want you to answer for yourself today is, will I be obedient to him? Because I can confidently say that God will lead you. But will you be obedient? My prayer for you is that you'd be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And here's what will happen. You will be shocked by what God can do through your simple acts of obedience. God's not looking for somebody who has it all together. God's not looking for a perfect person. God's not looking for someone who knows everything. If you read your Bible, you will quickly find that God uses a lot of imperfect people who are willing to be obedient to him. And in the same way, he wants to use you. He wants to lead you. Will you go? Will you say yes? You with me this morning? Here's the second thing we see in the story. Number two, the leading of the Holy Spirit is not strange or weird. How many of you know some weird Christians? (laughs) Here's what I love so much about this story. God leads Philip in a way that is not strange or weird. Let's look at verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Verse 30, when Philip caught up with the chariot, He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and he said, do you understand what you're reading? Okay, God leads Philip to this chariot and Philip walks up and says, hey man, what are you reading, right? Do you understand it? Do you need some help? Simple, easy, not weird, not strange. God just opened a door, okay? Notice, there were no theatrics involved. Philip didn't walk up to the chariot and say, here I am, thus saith the Lord, right? Philip didn't walk up to the chariot and say, hey, God just told me to come and talk to you. He didn't do that. What did he say? He said, what are you reading? Same thing happens with Peter. Acts chapter 10, the story I just mentioned a moment ago, verse 19, while Peter was thinking about this vision that God had given him, the spirit told him, three men are here looking for you. So get up, go downstairs and go with them with no doubts at all because I've sent them. Look at Peter's obedience. Again, verse 21 says, then Peter went. Then he went, he went down to the men. He said, here I am, the one you're looking for. What is the reason you're here? Simple, easy, not strange, not weird, not even a little bit, okay? I'm gonna say this bluntly, but also tenderly, okay? We don't need to add theatrics to a movement of the Holy Spirit. We don't. We've created this idea that when God moves, it's gonna be this, fog machine, weird, strange, spooky, mysterious moment. And it almost always appears that way because we add all sorts of drama and theatrics to what God is doing. Let me just tell you, God doesn't need that. Here's what we do. God leads us and we add our very own weird packaging to it. Next thing you know, you're speaking King James English to someone who barely even speaks English. We can't do it. We do not need to add theatrics to a movement of the Holy Spirit because the world isn't looking for a show. They get plenty of that everywhere they look. Instead, people are looking for authenticity. They're looking for a real movement of God. They get fake everywhere else. Everybody's trying to get their attention. Everything has to be a show. 
But when we're just authentic and real and God just moves and it's not strange or weird, it captures people's attention because a true movement of the Holy Spirit of God is enough to capture someone's attention, okay? It's enough. Here's the truth. When it's a real movement of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't need theatrics. It doesn't need drama. It doesn't need your special packaging. God just needs you to be real. He just needs you to show up. He just needs you to be authentic. And people are afraid of the Holy Spirit and it's because they've experienced somebody who made it very weird. But what I love about these stories is that God's leading was natural. It was simple, it was easy, it wasn't strange or weird. It was, hey, what are you reading? It was, hey, where are we going? Because I'm here, right? And here's the final thing I want you to see about the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Number three, it might be inconvenient, but it will always be worth it, okay? Verse 26, I want you to pay attention to this. This is how the story begins. It says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. He said, get up and go south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now the angel doesn't actually say this next part that's in parentheses. The narrator adds it for us. He says, this is the desert road, okay? Why does this matter? The author of this text, the narrator of this story is letting us know that this was not a convenient or fun place to go. And let me attest to that because I've been there. But these five words are arguably one of the most important parts of this story because sometimes God calls us to do something that is inconvenient. What are these five words? This is the desert road, okay? This is out of your way. This is not where you would naturally be on your way to work this morning. He says, get up, go south from the road that leads to Jerusalem to Gaza. He says, this is the desert road. And this is crucial because some of the most significant things we'll ever do will also be some of the most inconvenient things we'll ever do, okay? Going to the desert, it was inconvenient. But God used that inconvenience to do something incredibly significant. And in the same way, if you wanna make a difference, it's gonna be inconvenient. If you wanna change the world around you, it's gonna be inconvenient, straight up. It's going to be inconvenient because loving people is inconvenient. Why? Because people are difficult, right? So it's gonna be inconvenient. Anything with people is inconvenient, right? <laughs> Loving people, it's inconvenient. Investing in people is inconvenient. Giving people your time is inconvenient. But let me just tell you, you're gonna have to go down some desert roads. But when you do, it will always be worth it, always. When you see something change in someone's life because you are willing to be used by God, it will always be worth it. It'll be worth it when the coworker that you've been praying for and sharing the gospel with for years comes to Jesus. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it when you encounter someone who might be having one of the worst days of their lives and you know nothing about it, but God lays them on your heart and you're able to encourage them and make them smile. It'll be worth it. 
it'll be worth it when you get to heaven and someone was there for eternity because you were willing to be inconvenienced for a day. It's worth it. It will always be worth it. So we cannot be so consumed with what God is doing for me that I'm not willing to be inconvenienced for the people that Jesus died for. Instead, let's be people who are willing to charge full steam ahead into the mess of people's lives to make a difference in the world for Jesus. That's my heart for myself. That's my heart for our church. That's my heart for you. For us to be at a place in our lives and in our faith where we say, God, wherever you lead, I will go. To the desert road, right? There's a fulfillment and an excitement and a joy that comes when we're willing to be used by God. So as we close today, I wanna ask you the same question that I've been asking you for the last two weeks. And that question is this, are you willing? Okay, are you willing? God will lead you, but are you willing to get up and go where he leads? Are you willing to go down the desert road? Are you willing to listen to his voice? Are you willing to be sensitive to his spirit? Are you willing to be inconvenienced in order to make a difference in the world for Jesus? And here's the promise that I'll make to you today. If you say yes, you will never regret it. If you say, yes, God, lead me where you want me to go and get up and go where he leads you to go, you will never regret it. You will never think it was a bad decision. You'll never look back and say, you know what? I wish I would have never shared the gospel with that person. You'll never look back and say, man, I wish I would have never gone out of my way to make their day better. You'll never look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have given more effort to that relationship. You'll look back every time and what you'll see are seeds that were planted in a life that is different for all of eternity because you were willing to say yes to God, even if it meant being inconvenienced. All right? Let me pray for you this morning. God, we need you. We need a touch from you, Father. We need some empowerment. And we're willing, Father, for you to work in our lives. We're willing, God, for you to work through our lives. We pray that you would use us. We thank you that you love us so much that you are willing to write us into the story of what you're doing. Help us to never see it as something that we have to do. Help us to see it as something that we get to do. Help our hearts to be sensitive, Father, to the voice of your spirit. We pray that you'd speak to us. And we pray that as you lead us, that we'll sense your leading and that we will be obedient to you and that we will go. So we pray, God, that you'd give us divine appointments. We desire them. We want them. We need them. We want to change the world around us. We want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. So we pray, God, that you'd use us that you'd lead us, that you'd guide us, that you'd empower us so that you can make a difference for your eternal kingdom through our lives. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, maybe you're here this morning and you're at a place where that work needs to begin today. 
Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your heart to him. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I wanna encourage you, if that's where you are today, don't leave this place today without making that decision. You can find forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him to this world. He lived a perfect life. He died a sinner's death on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could know him, so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could have a relationship with him and spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's where you're at today and you wanna make the decision to place your faith and trust in Jesus, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me together. Church, let's make this our prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.